Oh, man. We should talk about telephones and phone freaking sometime, even though it has nothing to do with what we do. Telephones and phone what? Phone freaking? freaking? Yeah. It's freaking. So phone freaking is basically the earliest form of hacking. Oh. So early telephones worked via tones. Is this sort of like the hackers movie where you actually like can trick the phone into thinking that you paid and make pay phone calls and stuff? Yes. Cool. Yes, it is. So like awesome. uh, early telephones uh, used, like when you dialed a number, the number was associated with a tone. So it was a series of tones that would get you to where you wanted to be. Oh, not the number itself. Gotcha. People figured it out and started to, if you make those tones into the micro, into the speak, into the phone, it says this, it accomplishes the same thing. Cool. And then Captain Crunch, the cereal. You know how toys used to come with cereal before people got worried about choking to death? Yes. They put a whistle in there. There was a whistle that came with Captain Crunch. Happened to be the same frequencies as telephones. What? So people would take the little Captain Crunch whistle, go into a phone, and they, like, you through, like, the grapevine and however people shared information back then. things out, yeah. Like... They would know what tones to make and when and how to get free phone calls, to call whoever they wanted to, or to take advantage of the system because all of this stuff is, is all mechanized and computerized and blah, blah, blah. Um, and you could do it to get like free long distance calls for life or whatever. Mm -hmm. and, you know, this, and, uh, people who did that were called phone freaks. They would freak the phones. Wow. Um, earliest form of, of hacking. A lot of, a lot of big hackers. Like later on, because started, like, you know, started off as phone freakers. Yeah. That's awesome. Hello, and welcome to Medium Salt, a podcast that seasons 90s nostalgia with a little bit of perspective. My name is Matt, and I'm joined by my very, very, very good friend and fellow host, Kate. Today is another Light Salt episode where we cover a topic on a timer. Well, try to set a timer. This week, Kate and I will discuss the digital switchover of broadcast television. What the hell did I just say? What is it? Why is it? How is it? What year is it? But, 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 but. First, Kate, how are you? Thank you for asking, Matt. I am okay. <laughs> yep, just okay. Sorry, my mind <laughs> need more caffeine. All right, I'm on my third cup of coffee, but I mm. ran out of oat milk, and I'm using coconut milk, and it is subpar. So, mm, yeah, I'm drinking it slowly. Yeah, I mean it's. Fine, but coconut milk just tastes like coconut, so. Yeah, like it's good in certain things. Like uh, I put, mm -hmm. yeah, or if I'm making a, I, when I make a tofu scramble, I'll put in a, a couple splashes of coconut milk in there. Helps kind of nice. fatten it up a bit and carry some of the flavors. Will you send me your pizza dough recipe at some point? I can tell you it right now. It's super easy. All right, do it. All right, 500 grams flour. Got it. 400 grams water. Got it. Uh, uh, 10 grams salt okay. and, uh, you know, a teaspoon or so of yeast, which I think is about six grams. Cool. 
Mix it all together. Let mix it, it all together. An hour. Yeah. So what I what I do. Um, so that's it's not from my most recent one that you probably might have seen on Instagram. Um, that was actually 500 grams of water and 500 grams of flour. I was trying a much higher hydration thing. But normally what I do is do 400 grams, 80 percent hydration dough, flour, water, salt, yeast. Okay. Um, mix it up in a bowl. I, I use a stand mixer. I use a KitchenAid. And I let it knead and develop some good gluten for like 10 minutes ish, which doesn't sound like a lot, but it is a lot when you're listening to. I need soundproof cabinets um, for that. <laughs> yeah. I wish they did for my coffee grinder. Um, anyway, tablespoon of oil. I use a, I use a nine by 13 cake pan, metal cake pan, uh, to about a tablespoon of oil ish. I don't really measure it. Um, a little bit of oregano, a little bit of salt, brush that all inside the pan, pour the dough directly into the pan, cover it. Let's sit for three hours. Three hours. Then, okay. Yeah. Um, or until it looks like it's about to be too much. And then, uh, <laughs> you know, uh, sauce it, top it, cheese it into a 500 or 550 degree oven for about 15, wow. 20 minutes. Comes out. Voila. Golden, delicious, big, fluffy, airy, tasty Ugh. pizza. Yeah. Matt made me pizza the last time I was at his house and it was mostly bread, which I think is my favorite kind of pizza. So yeah. Yeah. It was the higher hydration amazing. dough I put on my Instagram recently. If you, if you just want to see a bunch of vegan food, that's my Instagram. That's all I post. Um, if you want to see a bunch of cats, that's all I post, yeah. <laughs> which I still uh, don't do often. <laughs> yeah, I did a higher hydration. I added a little bit of wheat gluten flour just to try and get it to hold together more. Because with that high hydration, you basically can just pour the dough. It's almost a batter, but not I quite, know. but almost. And I used a big like sheet, like cookie, not cookie sheet, but like one of those lipped big sheet pans. Mm. And I poured it into that and spread it out. So it was a much thinner crisp, but still plenty bready. And still, because of the oil, still plenty golden crisp. Um, it worked out okay. I think I prefer the thicker one that I usually do, but it was cool. Yeah, cool. That's going to be our spinoff. Mm -hmm. It's actually just, just a, it's a trap. We lure yeah. them with movies and then we just, it's a cooking show. <laughs> yeah, it's a cooking show. I'll talk about my, well, it's not vegan, so never mind. I was going to say my world famous cookie recipe. Yeah. What? It's you not world it's, famous, it's, but everyone that tries yeah. them loves them. So. Yeah. It's, it's anyway. actually baked goods are really easy to veganify. They are. I um, am hesitant because I worked for years to perfect this recipe. It's just for sure. chocolate chip cookies. Yeah. And so they they're just really good. They're like crunchy yeah. on the outside and chewy on the inside and if yeah. made correctly, they have the right sort of puff. And the problem that everyone makes with desserts is that they make them too sweet and there's no balancing note. So you always mm. need something a little tart or a little salty or both. And so yeah. this is uh, this is a dangerous cookie recipe because they're just the right amount of salty. So you could literally just keep eating them. You never really hit that sweetness overload. Uh, so Anyway. Famous racist Paula Dean had a fudge <laughs> recipe with Velveeta in it. And my mother thought that was the best damn thing in the world. Velveeta? Mm-hmm. Weird. Mm -hmm. My mom has this this meatball recipe uh, that she uses grape jelly and Sprite in. I can see that absolutely working. Does the Velveeta um, work? No. <laughs> okay. No. But grape jelly and Sprite works pretty well because that's actually pretty close to what I do sometimes for a um, 
like a, a kielbasa type thing. Interesting. Um, which is like it's like a it's, a it's a recipe from my grandmother, so I don't know if it's like traditional Polish or whatever. I'm sure grape jelly oh, is not traditional, traditional Polish, Sprite. but um, <laughs> no. What I actually do is uh, I can see what the I can see the role the Sprite fulfills. I do. Uh, I use cranberry sauce, like jellied cranberry sauce, instead of grape jelly, but it works with grape jelly because that's how my grandmother made it. And then uh, my grandmother used ketchup and grape jelly. I use mm. chili sauce, like Heinz chili sauce. Yes, and, and that makes it. It's like a sweet and tangy, with like just the right amount of acidity and like fruitiness, mm. while also being like just super fucking tasty. Yeah. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong; on. those meatballs are amazing. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh, I know how the sauce yeah. is just made. It's made with jelly. <laughs> it's made with jelly. Well, and there's all these recipes for like cooking things with Coca-Cola. And it's like, oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well. Comes right out of a 1950s propaganda magazine. Right. Or like if you go to the thrift store and you find all of the cookbooks. Doctors agree that nothing's healthier with your cigarette than a Coca-Cola. Swallow down some heroin immediately after. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for a good time. <laughs> Are you suffering from hysteria? Is your uterus wandering? Right. I hate it when that happens. Broadcast television. Speaking of propaganda. Ah, and digitization. Yeah, we're not going to talk about propaganda at all. We're going to talk about the digitization of broadcast television. I would love Um, to do the fair, uh, fair, what is it called? Act for politics where you have to. Fairness doctrine. Yes. That's a fucking rabbit hole. Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where you have to cover both sides of every issue and like there's a huge debate on whether or not it was actually any good. I know a lot of people lately have been saying stuff like. Well, they need to do it because the media is so biased now. It's like, no, what? Well, you know, there's a lot there. You could argue that having the, the equal representation on media just means that they're not going to cover that shit at all because it's not worth the effort. Right. Uh, media is expensive to create. They're not going to bother creating two of a story to fulfill some bullshit quota. Instead, they're going to game the system because that's what humans do. Uh-huh. At the same time, media is super biased, and that's something that needs to be addressed. <laughs> yeah, not every side of an argument deserves equal weight. And that's yeah, kind of absolutely. A like, fallacy, right? Is like, the sky blue? Scientists say yes, but this weirdo in Oklahoma says no. <laughs> right? Like, ah, we have seventeen presidential candidates. They all need an hour of airtime. One of them wants yeah. to talk about aliens. You know? Yeah, though way more entertaining. Um, yeah. Well, we did have one presidency that was caused by entertainment. Yeah. So that went Continue. so. Uh, no, we had two. Oh, we've had two about, uh, entertainer presidents. Well, I t- I'm largely talking about talking about famous actor Ronald Reagan. I am totally with you. Reaganomics was a disaster. Wow, this episode has gone off the rails, and I love it. Um, I was largely <laughs> meaning that the entertaining aspect of the campaign led to the presidential uh, win, not yeah. necessarily that he was an entertainer. Like I think, yeah, I feel Ronald yeah. Reagan. Took it more I feel seriously. Jimmy Carter's media game was on point. <laughs> Just that peanut farming bit got to me. Oh, yeah. Who doesn't love a good peanut farm? Actually, anyway. I'm debating growing peanuts this year in the garden. What? Yeah, well, they're really summer hardy. You know what I've always wanted to grow? Loofahs. Because yeah. they're a melon. Did yeah, you know they are, aren't they? I just they? want to grow a bunch of loofahs. I don't know why. I don't need that many loofahs. I've only got one body, but the fact that you can grow something that looks like a sponge, that's amazing. 
But I anyway, eat, I would eat your garden <laughs> peanuts, which is weird to say. That's a weird thing to say. Well, you're welcome. I'm uncomfortable now. Well, at least you're very far away from me and have yeah. no peanuts for me to consume. So, <laughs> uh, so broadcast, broadcast digitization. Okay. First off, what does it when you say broadcast? Yeah, what does it mean? So broadcast is very different than the way most people. So broadcast is something nobody does anymore, uh, except for maybe radio in their cars, right? So broadcast mm-hmm. is uh, uh, it is not basically the thing is is it's cast broadly, right? So you take a signal and it's it's indiscriminately sent out everywhere. Oh, the stuff okay? that causes Hence, cancer and paranoia. Yeah. <laughs> you just broke me. I'm broken now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. The, okay, broadcast. Uh, it's indiscriminately sent out as a signal, and anybody with the right receiving equipment can pick it up. With most terrestrial broadcast, that's you know an antenna. Um, and the way it transmits that information is a variety of memes, uh, me- memes, memes. <laughs> um, also, a good you know, transmission medium. Right with ra- like with radio, you've got AM and FM, which means amplitude modulated or frequency modulated, which means the signal is uh, uh is either is it could be received via the uh, uh changes in the amplitude that drives the speaker cone to to make the sound or changes in the the frequency right um which like if you're looking at a sound wave largely means mm-hmm. the height of the wave or the width of the wave kind of right yeah yeah this is yeah not important i'm not a science educator okay <laughs> i'm not an educator <laughs> at all waves they're invisible yeah. Are there any animals or insects that can see radio waves? I don't know. Okay. Probably not. It's super high frequency. I don't know what evolutionary advantage that would... I don't even know if we would be able to tell if they could, but that that whole concept fascinates me. There would probably be... Yeah, I don't know about sea waves, but I'm sure there are animals that can sense them via hearing. Obviously, like bats and whales. That's just been an evolutionary advantageous way to to pick up those frequencies. Um, anyway, so originally for broadcast, it was pretty much, it was just, it was radio, right? We sent out AM waves. You know, if you've listened to AM radio, it, it works just fine. Quality is a bit of an issue. So along came FM radio, um, which was a much higher fidelity signal, um, used much higher uh, frequencies uh, in, in the spectrum of waves. Is there a reason we still have both. <laughs> what? Is there a reason we still have both? Uh, because why not? We're not using those ways for anything else. The equipment's already out there. Actually, that has a lot to do with why, like, why television broadcast is the way it is. Um, really? Okay. Yeah. So, at some point, uh, some jackass invented the cathode ray tube, which <laughs> most people know as a CRT. And figured out, and then a couple, a bunch of people figured out how to send video to it because they just wanted to, I guess. <laughs> um, and it's actually hard to pinpoint who invented the, the first television because it depends on what you count as a television. And like, I, you know, and, and then there was also like a bit of weirdness going on because like Cold War kind of obfuscated a lot of that history. Because um, like, this is like, you know, turn of the century, 1900s. Um, and like, there were some Russian scientists who were doing some school stuff. There were some UK scientists who were doing some cool stuff. And of course, some Americans who were like, you know, fumbling around the dark and came across the answer first and best. 
Um, <laughs> you know, like uh, we you, do. Yeah, uh, you know, Futurama. Uh, Farnsworth is named after the, one of the first inventors of the television, of the video oh, camera, actually. Um, he was like the first guy to do a, like a live video camera to a television thing. Uh, cool. Pretty cool. Yeah, Philo Farnsworth. Also, if you've ever watched the, the, the short-lived show Warehouse 13, the video device they used to talk to each other to video chat is called the Farnsworth because of Philo Farnsworth. That's awesome. Um, so... Originally, everything, everything before digital, before ones and zeros, everything was analog. Everything was, you know, uh, uh, the more, basically the easiest way, the more signal you get of a thing, the more loud a thing was, right? So you could uh, vary whatever you needed to, frequencies to, to actuate magnets and make things happen. Um, same thing, kind of thing How with, with television. With images? and the, Same kind of idea. Um, so, okay. you know, originally it was, everything was black and white, right? Mm -hmm. So, uh, the advent of color TV is brightness and darkness wonder. was, yeah. was really what you had to worry about. And then, oh man, we're going to get into it. Okay. So then color came along and, uh, the, for a lot of reasons, for a lot of really weird, stupid, esoteric reasons, we broadcast our stuff at 30 frames a second. The rest of the world broadcasted at 25 frames a second. Okay. Uh Sounds A, and, but, very and, American, and B, very annoying. And movies are shot at 24 frames a second. What? And before that, they were shot at 12. There's a lot Although, there. Sometimes um, they'll, they'll show movies at more frames per second, because every time one of them gets mm -hmm. sent to a theater, Aaron's like, we have to go see this movie. They're showing it at yeah. some sort of frames per second, and yeah, I glaze yeah. over, because so I don't really I should know say the means. standard is 24, but lately, as, digital, as part of the whole digital transition of everything... There was a lot of like, oh, we could do more frame rates now, and it doesn't cost an arm and a leg. Um, because with arm. film, if you did more frames a second, that means you were paying for that fucking film. But tape's cheap, you know? And because yeah. digital, for the longest time, digital was recorded on tape. There's a reason for that. Don't worry about it. Um, <laughs> tape's cheap. Memory's cheap. You so can give us homework. Shoot all the frames. And then they found out in VFX that, oh my God, we still have the frames to work on. This shit's expensive still. Uh, but it's not expensive as film. So, you know, they, they played with that and there was like the idea is like, we could do more frames. It'll be more realistic. It'll be more cool. And everyone's like, this doesn't look like a movie because everyone's used to movies being 24 frames a second. Yeah. In fact, a lot of times if something has too many frame rates, I think it's like a soap opera. It has that sort of weird yes. effect. Yes. Because soap operas are shot and? at, well, roughly 60 frames a second. The, we're getting into, okay, so frames a second, okay? <laughs> yes. Listen, uh, what does a frame original, per second original, actually mean? Yeah. So persistence of vision means that, like, if you see a, a photo, it looks like a photo. If you see one photo, then the next photo, depending on how quickly those you see those two, it could either look like motion or it could look like one photo and then the other. And that has to do with persistence of vision. If things are show, if still frames are showed at you fast enough, it looks like continuous motion. I've read somewhere that pigeons have very fast frame per second vision, which is why they they seem to wait until the last moment to like fly away from things. I believe and it. I, yeah, I would love. And squirrels to see are just stupid. <laughs> yeah, probably. And the article <laughs> did not say anything about squirrels, but I was like, that's yeah. so interesting. I had never considered how quickly we can actually consume images and how that directly translates to frames per second. That's super cool. Yeah. 
So at, in the old days, they, they try to save money on, on film in a lot of different ways involving different sizes of film and blah, 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 blah. And 12 frames a second, because that was the 12 frames a second was considered like the minimum to see motion. And it's also why a lot of those old classic films, when they're updated, sometimes they don't compensate for frames per second because a lot of people like, listen, business people don't know anything about making art so they so that's why some of those old classic films they look kind of weird and sped up or like the the motion's not quite right it's because Mm -hmm. when they updated it for modern equipment they didn't actually account for some of the differences um so 24 frames and then uh soap operas are shot at 60i because when i said 30 frames a second broadcast it's actually 60 frames a second but it's 60 half frames a second so when you okay. see a frame on a CRT, because of scan lines and how CRTs work, you actually don't see a whole image in one go. It, it does two passes, the first pass of, of like an A frame and then a B frame. And that's, that makes one image. And that's called interlacing. So we denote that with an I. So it's shot at 60I, but if you did progressive framing, which is one scan line at a time down the row, that's one image. So that would be 30P. So that's why things that are shot at high frame rates look like soap operas is because soap operas are shot at 60i. So your brain just like that motion looks soap opera-y. Also, the lighting is quick and cheap in a soap opera. Uh, and lighting has a lot to do with it too. Uh, yeah. So black and white. We were at 30, 60i frames a second. Okay. The rest of the world is 25 or, or 50i because reasons. Uh, also, the cycling of our... Our, our electricity also has, our electricity cycles at 60 hertz. So that's also why we do 60i, where across the pond it's 50 hertz. That's why they do 50i with 25p, 3p. Okay. Mm. Listen, there's a lot there. And I've, I haven't even gotten on the topic yet, and we only have 10 minutes left. That's um, <laughs> because I'm asking too many questions. I'm sorry. It's amazing. No, I'd rather <laughs> talk about the other stuff than talk about, I think the other stuff's a little more interesting too. Sorry, going back, black and white, two color. What we did is instead of changing, like we had to be backwards compatible with the black and white TVs. So when we added color, what we did is we actually shaved like a couple hundredths of a second off the frame rate and we transmit the black and white image. And then the color information is transmitted in that last like hundredths of a second Mm. and the TV puts them together. Cool. I right? remember reading That's why about black and white is backwards compatible with color. Color TVs that have like different discs of color that you because it was just like red, green, and blue, and so like this is shot mm. through a red, like plastic oh, sheet. Oh yeah, that the early early color. Sheet. Yeah, mm-hmm, yeah, because mm-hmm. film so, like, that was actually that has to do with like film technology and then like what it was able to capture and and how to create so color cool. images uh, before the first color film was invented. They had to use three separate exposures of red, green, blue, and then combine them after the fact to create color. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, uh, we've been doing analog transmission using waves to, to transmit that information. And then of course, computer revolution in the nineties happened, internet happened, digital people are using computers for everything. And in the mid two thousands, that's when, uh, in the mid two thousands, a lot of our media was still created via analog means, analog tape, analog, uh, uh, for audio and video, right? Everything was analog. Some of it was still physical, even like splicing the tape with a knife and taping it, taping oh, it wow. back together with other stuff. Like that's how shit was done in the day, right? Um, well, th- it's different. I know. I'm an idiot. I'm not that dumb. Um, 
I'm over so, here. I'm not sure what you're talking about. So continue. <laughs> and so, but you know, mid 2000s. So we started, that's when we started to acquire things digitally. That's when like you had digital eight cameras, you had digi beta cameras. Cause even though Betamax lost the format wars for home viewing, beta, beta was still a very important technology for media capture. Mm-hmm. Um, and for the longest time, and I think probably still today, there's probably a few digi beta cameras out there capturing footage for like the news. Uh, even though it's uh, antiquated technology at this point. Um, you had digital capture, you had digital audio recording, digital video recording, and all of a sudden it started to cost a lot of money to you know then be working with it digitally, then you have to create the broadcast version, which is analog, and then that goes and blah, 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 blah. And the U.S. government's looking at the airway space, and you've got the burgeoning new market of of mobile telephones, cell phones being huge and needing more airspace because they have data now. They People want text messages and images and phone calls and everything. They need more airspace. They need more airwaves. Um, Is there a limit in the spectrum about what waves you can use? Yes. So for multiple reasons. One, the government controls airspace. That includes the frequencies upon which we transmit anything. Um, there are some there are some frequencies that are just generally relegated for public use. Like that's why you can have a walkie-talkie or like a, or a, a short wave radio. radio. And even with a ham radio, you have to be licensed because oh, okay. uh, because you're using you know federal airspace to to do it. Right? Do they monitor um, that and then crack down? Yes, on they people do. Who- oh yeah, they do. Yeah, if they if, if they're you know obviously the manpower is probably more limited now than it used to be for that specific use um but you know if they're if because because chances are if you're on waves that 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 frequency is already being used by something so if you're Mm -hmm. fucking with somebody's day and they report it they're going to start tracking it down and they can triangulate your position because it's broadcast so Mm. they can they can measure the delay between two different areas on the recording and then figure out exactly where you fucking are and then come get you if i'm in a van that was actually a malcolm in the middle i know (laughs) (laughs) Kid Charlemagne. Um, So we need more airspace for other things. And here we have this big clunky analog television thing. Because like video takes up just a ton of space in general. Anyone who's had to work with video data files at all. And and that's considered, you know, efficient, right? Your, Mm -hmm. Your digital video is efficient. Now imagine everything's analog. Um, here's a box of tapes. So, you know, you're taking up all that airwave space to transmit this information. Um, and you know, digital equipment's being manufactured anyway. And so the U S government is like, Hey, listen, we need more, we need more airways. We want to take some of these airways back from broadcast television. Um, and to do that, we are going to mandate that all broadcast TV goes digital which required a massive overhaul of infrastructure. Um, Cause I, I don't like, because no one listens, watches or listens to broadcasts anymore. I don't think a lot of people know just exactly how many broadcast stations and antennas there are like in the country. Why wouldn't they just be like, all right, we're not broadcasting TV anymore. Period. Uh, I'm sure some of them did. Oh, like why didn't the government say no thing. more broadcasting TV? Yeah. Uh, well, that would be, that'd be problematic in a lot of ways. One, we've had it for a hundred years. Um, it's, it's, it's an important way to get information out, particularly in poor or rural communities mm. um, or places where internet access is 
spotty were not good, right? Broadcast is, is still very important for those areas. Um, and it, and people look at broadcast TV almost as a public service. Um, so for a lot of historical, cultural, and practical reasons, keeping broadcast TV is, is important. Also, there's money in broadcast TV. You don't piss off money. Um, it sounds kind of similar to the post office. Like a lot of people are like, mm -hmm. why do we need the USPS? Why do they have to deliver out all these people that live in rural areas? I think a lot of people over uh, or underestimate the difficulty of moving, especially if you're poor. Because I've definitely heard yeah. that argument a lot. Like, well, they chose to live out there. Uh, That's not how it works. That's not how anything works. It's not like you're born and then you pick somewhere <laughs> on the map, right? Like you're yeah. born where you're born. You live there. If you live in a poor yeah. rural place in the Appalachian Mountains. When you load into life, you don't get to pick <laughs> up the screen. Okay, I want to be a cishet white male mm -hmm. in suburbia oh, you're playing in on the 90s because that's the tits. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's basically sandbox mode. So. Right. Well, on with money, plus plus, with money. Oh yeah, good, yeah. Good, good check. Box. That way, no Cheat, consequences. Yeah. So okay, digitizing broadcast—that's a huge yeah. deal, then, right? Because yeah. if you think about all of your grandparents who had TVs and every TV from the beginning of time mm -hmm. that was set up essentially to receive broadcast waves as its thing. Like, I'm mm -hmm. sure a lot of our listeners have probably had experience with the TV that has like the knobs, and there's only like. Mm -hmm. six six numbers you can get to mm -hmm. you know because that's they weren't built you know why for a remote else. is called a clicker is it because the knobs click no so the original television remotes worked off sound frequencies <gasps> and so like the remote was actually it was like a non-powered thing you would click it and it would like hit a piece of metal that vibrated at a certain frequency that would be picked up by the television to change the channel what you are blowing yeah. my mind Sorry, that was a quick up, aside. I was just yeah, like, no, fun. I have to go pick up the <laughs> fragments of my mind as I recalculate how the world works. Okay, so continue. <laughs> All of a sudden, we're like, "All right, yeah. TVs, you better stop listening because no broadcast waves are going to happen." Yeah. So we set a date. There was a date. Everyone had to go digital, and people knew this for years. I remember hearing about it, but I just didn't remember why it was important. Yeah, to free up airspace and to modernize things and get everything, you know, just first of all, digital yeah, allows for they a were lot all like, of you gotta really get cool this box. stuff. You got to get this box. Uh -huh. You got to get this box. Yeah. Well, and the government created like, because unlike when we transitioned to color, going to digital was not going to be backwards compatible because it's right. an entirely different paradigm. So you needed a converter box because your TV was set up to take analog signals. So you needed a box to take the digital signal from the air and turn it into analog signal for your television. Okay. Right. Um, so the government had a program, they tons of coupons for like, I, I don't remember if it's free or reduced price converter boxes. So the original date that everything was supposed to switch over to digital broadcast from analog was uh, February 17th, 2009. Okay. Um, so I, I had just graduated by that point. So like, this was actually something we had to, had to study in film school because it was, mm. it was radio, television and film. So all that stuff mattered. But, you know, if you remember, in 2009, especially early 2009, there was this little thing that happened. The economy went to shit. Oh, that little thing. <laughs> yeah. You know, a lot of people lost their houses. 
And a few bankers had a rough week. Um, a few bankers had to sell their third yacht. No, those poor bankers. I know. Where and then they got bailed out and they bought it back. Anyway. Yep. Uh, but so shit was, shit was going crazy. So uh, they delayed it. There was a there was a there was like one of the first big bipartisan wins for Obama because <laughs> you know everyone fucking you know there was there was huge division in Congress from that. Um, but they everyone agreed to the, oh we need to do this DTV this digital TV thing needs to we need to push it back. So it got uh, it got pushed to June. Okay. Um, and this guess when they guess when they enacted this delay. When? February fourth. So like that's very a last week minute. before they yeah. had the yeah very <laughs> last minute. I'm like I'm wondering is like were the were the TV station sitting there going like oh fuck I didn't get the box <laughs> right like oh no yeah but they were like all right we're just gonna go dark no TV stations yeah. now yeah um then that was actually one of the, like the first early conspiracies on the Obama mm. administration it's like oh he's trying to take away your TV everything's gonna go dark it's the dark day. No TVs, no guns. What are we all going to do yeah. with our time? So, and, and, well, the next thing was, is like, they, analog broadcast didn't even stop in 2009, right? Mm -hmm. So after June 12th, there were still lots of like, um, they, they, there was like another act that was like, okay, listen, if, you, if you're having issues for a variety of reasons, you can keep broadcasting analog. Um, this was mostly for rural communities, small communities way out there. Do you know when the last analog broadcast station went offline? yesterday uh close actually really? it was january <laughs> this past what? january 2022 of this year there was one broadcast there's one analog broadcast station like somewhere in the middle of alaska oh yeah the procrastinators <laughs> <laughs> also like they're in the middle of nowhere right yeah. um and analog has a lot of actually analog broadcast actually does have a lot of advantages uh when it comes out to being out in the middle of nowhere uh so one of the problems with dtv digital television is uh because the signal is ones and zeros, if you don't have the full signal, you don't get you get zero. You get nothing. There's oh, no yeah, image. That's fair. Because you need all of the information. With analog, if you're just a little outside the range, but you're still kind of picking up signal, you, you get, get fuzzies. Kind of like fuzzy image. Yeah. Yeah, but you still okay. get an image. So, you know, that's why it, it kind of helped in mountainous regions and out there. And mm. you know, there's a lot of stuff with the technology, repeater antennas and, and all yeah, this Yeah, what's of interesting shit. is I always assumed the digitization meant that it had to be conveyed by cable, but you're just saying it changed the actual nature of the signal to being ones and zeros, not... Correct, yeah. Not waves. I mean, there's still Correct. probably waves. Or oh, it's, it it's like waves, but waves that, that instead of the waves representing image, they mm -hmm. are ones and zeros. Right, so like, okay, that makes sense. Um... Which is way more efficient. Super it's like in order. Of, it's so efficient that they were not only did we keep the same number of channels we had before opening up, uh, uh, with the with the exception of like moving some stuff down the spectrum to open up room for mobile, telephone and internet and satellite and stuff. Um, we were able to keep the same amount of channels on less bandwidth. But not only that, we actually have more channels now because what happened was we created sub channels. So if you have if you haven't used a, a broadcast television in a while which you know why would you um <laughs> and i'm going to tell you why you should um you know you used to have like channel four whatever well now it's 4.1 4.2 4.3 oh so a station because they have that 
that bandwidth allotted to them by the government. They can actually transmit multiple channels in that same bandwidth, which a lot of channels do. Um, so if you have like, uh, I'm trying to think of like, say you have an NBC affiliate, right? Mm -hmm. um, you can transmit main programming, like fucking Big Bang Theory on dot one. Mm -hmm. You can transmit uh, 24-7 weather on dot two, or, or let's say kids programming dot two, 24-7 weather dot three. And that That's fits awesome. within your allotted bandwidth, so you're allowed to use it, and you're allowed to transmit way more stuff. That's super cool. And not only that, but you're doing it in HD. What? And not only that, but because the because your band you have so much bandwidth, and because digital is so efficient, you can do it at a, what's called a very high bit rate. So bit rate is and compression uh, deal with like how small or big your final video file is digitally. And um, the the larger your file, the higher quality it is, basically. With if you have more bit rate, more bit depth, uh, which yeah, whatever. That's a, that's a different thing. You can compress the video less, so the video comes through sharper, cleaner, better, all those things. And in fact, their bit rate on broadcast television is better than cable or satellite TV. Wow. And it's actually it's probably um, maybe up until recently, but yeah, I think even now it's better than internet. Bit rate. That's amazing. So, uh, get get an antenna from like Walmart for ten bucks. Um, stick and, and the, the antennas are weird looking. They're like little cards. They're <laughs> not even like wires anymore. It's like just a little card, and the co the coil antenna is inside the card. Can I get um, one that still has like the rabbit ears, just because I really like them aesthetically? I think so. I will look. I don't think they're as good though. I think the card ones are better because you stick it in Maybe a window. Maybe I'll get one just and, for display. Uh, <laughs> yeah. You, you get the signal and just, you know, get one, watch it. And what you'll notice is that it's sharper, cleaner, and crisp. It's like, it's almost as good as Blu-ray wow. image, but it's broadcast and it's free, right? Well, crazy. You know, it's free-ish. Um, it's cool. Free it's fucking cool as hell. Uh, I feel like I have to go do this now. Yeah. No, it's, it's really cool. Now, the, the question then is becomes because... All of this happened in 2009, right before nobody watched broadcast or television at all anymore because Netflix and video on demand. Because broadcast has a, has a business model of, of you have to watch it at the right time in the right place. Mm -hmm. And, the, you know, fucking this for the birds. No one, no one has time for that anymore. We're all working ourselves to death. Yeah, obviously. So, we can't, I want to pause it. Uh, right? Also, how, yeah. wait, I want to keep watching this one show. How am I supposed to binge this show? Wait until next week? What? Yeah. I can't do yeah. that. I don't even watch shows uh, that aren't finished. Yeah. Yeah. Most of the time. Yeah. So, uh, as a result, you know, and, and it's just really cool. You got broadcast TV now is of super high quality. It's super cool shit. Nobody watches it. Uh, and eventually it's probably just going to go away. Um, you know, much like the public access channel. Which that could be a light salt episode, public access channels. Or C-SPAN. Yeah. And I used to edit for public access channels. Did you really? For like That's a month. super cool. Yeah, it was, uh, I, I, I was volunteering for a nonprofit that edited public channel, public access channel shows for the local cable um, carry, cable provider. That's awesome. Um, it was terrible. It was awful. Oh, okay. That's terrible. Yeah. 
there's, there's, <laughs> uh, there's a whole story I could tell there. I, that, I was only I only volunteered there for a month because it was 2009, and I was I was desperately looking for, for contacts sort of and work. networking and job, and so I was like, oh, I'll just do this thing for free, and I'll meet for people. Exposure. And a month in, I realized I'm not meeting shit, and I'm just I'm editing weirdos who are on public access because everyone normal is on YouTube now. Uh, <laughs> That's a lot of hot takes in that one sentence there. <laughs> listen, public access is wild. Yeah. It's super wild. Um, I'm trying to think about the shows that I used to watch on broadcast because I were like the kids programming was really interesting. I remember there's this one well, show. I mean, first of all, if you're watching broadcast PBS, please, dear God. And that's the thing. PBS has a fucking app now. You can watch all their shit on 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 your app. You don't need to watch it on te- television. It actually hooks yeah. up with your local PBS station. Cool. So you can watch the programs that they're airing that week. On demand. Yeah, I do the same thing with NPR. Like, I don't really go yeah. anywhere, and the only time I ever used to listen to it was in the car. So now I'm like, oh, I'll just mm-hmm. listen to the NPR podcast or the NPR, you know, digital website stuff. Shit. Yeah. Oh my gosh, Car Talk. Click and clack the Tap Brothers. I love them so much. Mm-hmm. Fucking cars. God damn it. <laughs> I don't even like cars. I just love that they were in cars. I just yeah, love that they were I just in that like movie. listening to them, yeah. Mm-hmm. Don't drive oh, they're my in cars. Brother. The movie. Yeah, they they have like a little cameo. They're like they own the oil company that sponsors the main character guy. What? And they're like they, they're these two rusted pickup trucks or whatever, and they're just like, oh don't my drive God, like my brother. It? Don't drive like my brother. I'm just like, oh my God, I have to go watch Cars right now. I yeah, never it's knew like that. one scene, so like just, okay. you can probably Google it. <laughs> yeah, but oh, that's so cool. I love them. Anyway, yeah. So broadcast television, uh, still going through changes even today, even though no one cares. Um, <laughs> That's super interesting. I think I have to get an antenna. Yeah. I mean, one thing to keep in mind is like how gargantuan the switch was and how important broadcast was pre-internet, you know? Like that I was mean, people's I am sure main... it is still really important to some people. Yeah. It's just oh, a much smaller number. Like there, yeah. Something that blows my mind is there are still people who do not have the internet. Like Yeah. It's not even a thing that had occurred to me until someone told me, yeah, my parents don't have the internet. And I was like, what? How is that even possible? What do you do with your time? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I guess they watch broadcast television. Yeah. So check out broadcast. It's really cool. Um, There was a period of time where that was the main TV I watched. And then uh, it wasn't for a while. I got busy. Um, (laughs) Yep. Awesome. Well, thank you. I actually learned, I learned so much. Big win. Big win for a young, spry Obama administration. Um, it was something everyone kind of agreed on. It was something that needed to change. We did it well, for the national good. Of course, everyone good. only agrees on things that nobody um, cares about. Yeah. It was important, though. So I'm, I'm glad they did it. Yeah. Um, but good thing it's dead. Nobody cares. So <laughs> that's probably more than enough about that for today. As is usual with these episodes, this is a very shallow dive into this kind of stuff. And there's a super deep ocean out there of information. If you want to talk about it with us, you can check out our Discord. You can find a link to that on our website at mediumsalt.com. While there, you can check out some of our other episodes. And you can also find us wherever you find your favorite podcasts. Thank you for joining us today. Have a wonderful week. And as always, stay salty.